Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome everybody to Flame On, to your slice of geeky and gay pop culture life. I am Pat, I'm filling in again for Brian while he is out on assignment. Lots of fucking assignments lately. Yes. He's been traveling mm. traveling so much, he's so mad about it right now. I would be too. Yeah, he's just, he's super excited to get home. And he's home for a day. It's just one day. Oh boy. One day. He wasn't even supposed to be home during this trip. He was oh. supposed to be gone for two solid weeks. And then um, he got another uh, curling... Date, so they have their second curling Wait, event. This is curling, not work related. <laughs> no, no, no. He's away for work. He's oh. coming back for curling. For curling, not for me. Okay. <laughs> for just for just wanted to make sure. <laughs> yes, for curling. For curling. Twist that knife. And then he's uh, and then he flies back out on uh, Sunday to go away for another week for work. This week you hasn't. Know, it's good to have hobbies, right? It's right. Good to have hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But I am Pat. I'm your talking bearskin rug, and we have a couple of our uh, our, our flame on gentlemen's here with me to discuss uh, all the things that are tickling our fancy in the pop culture world. <laughs> First off, we have to my left, BJ. What's up? I'm 30, single, and ready to get nervous around people I found attractive. Sounds about right. <laughs> That's his Tinder profile. That is, that in is a an abundance of confidence. Oh my god, I wish I was young enough for Tinder. <laughs> Creepy. Oh, lordy. And to my right is Jared. Hi. <laughs> I love the enthusiasm and lengthy hellos that you give us every time. Well, if I need to talk more, I will. Okay, well, yeah. we'll see. Well, we'll yeah. see. We'll get there eventually. Yeah. Maybe not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. People get all excited on the on the social media when we, when they actually get to hear you in an episode. They're like, "That's what Jared sounds like." Yes, that's exactly what Jared sounds like. <laughs> like the murderer of your dreams. 
Now, what about this disembodied voice floating around? And joining us via Skype is Jeff. Hi, guys. I like technology. <laughs> it allows me to do a podcast in my underwear. There you go. What you don't realize is we're all doing it in our underwear. No. Oh, man. <laughs> I was going to say I'm not wearing underwear, so. <laughs> look of mortified look on my face. People can't see. <laughs> no, but it was fantastic. I should it have taken a picture of it. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's, it's implied. It's implied. <laughs> that was, that was, I, if I had taken a picture, that would have totally been the album art for this episode. <laughs> Jared's mortified, mortified look. Would it be even better if Jared did a drawing interpretation of his own mortified look? Oh, that'd be amazing. Yes. Can you do that, Jared? Sure. Can you do that in a, in a day? Yeah. You should do a book. Jared by Jared. <laughs> Wait, Jared on No, Jared. maybe. Uh, yeah, Jared by Jared. Just Jared. <laughs> Not just Jared. Just Jared. Just Jared. 2015. <laughs> 20. Yeah, there's a lot, yeah. Of, a lot of finger and hand <laughs> movements there. <laughs> All right, so we are going to uh, go ahead and jump into. Let's get the uh, the heavy stuff out of the way first. We'll we'll touch on some of the news. So Kim Davis, everybody, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. is her 15 minutes up yet? God, she's dragging it out. God willing, if there is a God that she is praying to, her 15 minutes will be up soon. So for There's those gods that she's praying to, even he's kind of like, all right, Kim, please shut up. Come on. He's like, damn it. He's like, me, damn it. You are making me look bad. This is not you my are. PR woman. <laughs> You're ruining my name. Yes. So if this you is, this is worse than worse than the Crusades. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh really? I'm so... <laughs> Listen, and that's coming from the person that just said me, damn it. <laughs> So if you are lucky enough to have been under a rock for the last uh, three-ish weeks or so, three weeks, four weeks, somewhere in that, that time frame, uh, and you have not heard about Kim Davis and all this crazy stuff, she is the uh, county clerk in, was it Rowan County? Kentucky. Not right. Rowan, Rowan, Rowan County, Kentucky? It's Kentucky. Either way, I, I can't go there. Yeah. Well, Rowan County, Kentucky, uh, clerk of the court who has put her foot down, and because she is an apostolic Christian, she is not issuing same-sex marriage licenses, uh, even though it is now the law of the land, and the Supreme Court has basically told them all, I don't care what you think, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, So she is citing her religious beliefs to not issue any marriage licenses, at first, just the same-sex couples, because that was where it all started, the viral videos of the uh, the two guys that went into the office looking to get a marriage certificate and being denied. And then she decided, well, just so I don't look like I'm just trying to you know, ban the gays, I'm not going to give anybody a marriage license. So for quite a bit of time, nobody was able to get married in that county. She said, fuck this shit. I got married four times. You know, none for you. <laughs> She's like, I'm trying not to seem like a bigot, but I am. But now I just seem like even more of one. So we'll fast forward through most of this stuff because it's all just really kind of annoying and boring. But she ended up uh, being thrown in jail on a contempt of court charge, which was fantastic. She spent uh, four days in jail before the judge ordered her release on the conditions that she either issue licenses or did not stand in the way of her office issuing licenses. And 
what did she do? She took one day and said, no, I'm not going to issue licenses. Well, and the the only good thing that's come out of it is that the um, there is one guy. I want to say his name is Brian in the office. Oh, what are, her uh, second in command, basically. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, he has said that he will issue the licenses no matter what. And that is uh, the Rowan County Deputy Clerk Brian Mason. Brian Mason. There you go. Oh, see, look, Jeff. Jeff's got his uh, handy dandy googling skills ready. You damn right. <laughs> yes. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to give him a uh, a laptop so we can we have him in the news corner whenever he uh, comes over for the podcast in the future. I'll Flame. just be future fact checker guy. There you go. I like it. Flame on news corner. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> or is it just a corner that's on fire? Uh, yeah. You'll find out. <laughs> I like the sound of both. <laughs> He'll have he'll be surrounded by fire with a laptop. Flames, <laughs> burning, heat, heat, fire, and on this my face. This is a joke fine. for Brian since he's not here. This is fine. <laughs> uh, so he actually had to pull her into the office when she finally went back to work because um, she basically got to take a paid vacation after being in jail for a couple of days because she didn't feel like going back to work. And as a an elected county official, she got paid regardless, even while in jail. And of course, she makes oh I don't know what eighty two thousand dollars a year in comparison to the other uh, elected officials who make roughly uh, thirty two thousand dollars a year. Mm. Slight differential right there. Yeah, well, because who set up her uh, her pay scale? Oh, that's right, her mom, who she worked for in that office, uh-huh. who uh-huh. held the job before her. Taught her how to hate. <laughs> exactly. And out of her six um, deputy clerks, five of them said that they would issue licenses so that way they didn't go to jail. And who was the sixth one who didn't, who said that they weren't going to issue licenses? Oh, that's right. Her son. There it is. Yeah. So Hate is hereditary. Some sort of regime. Yeah. So hopefully... God willing, when the elections come around, because there is a chance that she could be impeached and they could remove her from office. Probably not going to happen, but one can only hope that when the um, when the elections roll around, that she will be ousted and somebody new will be voted in, and maybe Ryan Mason. <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> we'll get we'll get the uh, the other guy that's actually doing something. We'll put him in charge. So. Hopefully, I, I mean, I I didn't really want to even talk about this so much because it, it's just so annoying and aggravating because of the fact that it's the law of the land. Really, the best thing to come out of these, there's two really great things that have come out of this story. And that's really the only reason why I wanted to bring it up. The first are all the, the memes. The, oh. um, D- uh, still does your damn job yes. memes. Yes. Oh, my God. You've got uh, my the newest one I saw was uh, Freddie, a picture of Freddie Mercury, and he, <laughs> oh. it was like didn't like fat bottom girls, still did his still damn did job. His damn. My favorite will always be the Buffy one. Oh, where she gets, stabs Angel, gets his soul back, still does her damn job, <laughs> and it's just that freeze frame right before he falls into the hell portal, and I was oh. like, oh, okay, we're yeah. Oh. <laughs> then you've got you've got the is it uh, Scully? You know, doesn't believe in aliens. Oh. Still does her still does her job. Though those have been pretty fantastic. And then my favorite thing to come out of the whole Kim Davis situation is the 
next to Kim Davis' Twitter account. <laughs> Somebody decided. I, I haven't seen this. One. Oh my god! You really need to go check it out. It's beautiful. Next to Kim Davis on Twitter. And somebody did a parody account, basically, because one of the um, the viral pictures that went around was uh, of Kim Davis. There was there was this middle aged, blonde haired woman with these big old glasses on and a can of Mountain Dew next to her. So this person has taken on the persona of that woman <laughs> and does all of these tweets about just the most random shit, like you know. Um, did your God tell you not to refill the paper tray in the, the copy machine, Kim? <laughs> like, it's just... It's like work-related work tweets. A, a bunch of work-related tweets. Um, going off about the fact that, like, all these people that, um, you know, the the lawyers that were representing Kim Davis, they just kind of busted on them about, like, oh, they've gone in and taken all the sweeteners out of the break room. Damn you, Kim Davis. Like, it, it just... <laughs> It's honestly one of the funniest things that I have oh, I seen on the, Twitter. I love the tag uh, tagline on the sit next to Kim Davis. It's I sit next to Kim Davis. This is a, this was supposed to be just a chill job. God damn it, Kim. <laughs> God damn it, Kim. <laughs> Hashtag Kim Davis. Yeah. So if you haven't checked it out, I mean, last time I looked, and I haven't looked in uh, probably about a week or so, there was like 250 tweets, and it's just pure comedy gold. Then when you start getting people like um, Margaret Cho and Dan Savage and George Takei oh, all chiming in with this account, it is quite honestly just pure comedy gold. This is good stuff. I am following this. <laughs> <laughs> so really, that's the whole Kim Davis story was just to get to that, those two things. So I'm glad that you know I'm glad we got there. We made it. We made it. We will. We will persevere. You know what? That's enough about Kim Davis. We should get to something much bigger. Much, much bigger in, in today's news. Like what, Jeff? Like, Facebook is finally, hopefully, maybe, potentially, going to add back the dislike button. Well... Was there one to begin with? No. No. Oh. People have wanted one for years. They Okay, so... People got really excited because Mark Zuckerberg, in a press conference mentioned the fact that people have wanted this for a long time and that they were working on something. So a lot of new sites just jumped right onto the bandwagon and said, oh my god, you've been asking for years after years, Facebook is finally making the dislike button. They're not exactly making a dislike button. Yeah, his exact words were something like a dislike button. So like and a sad but it'll be like a sad... testing it. They're going to put it through testing. Yeah, it'll be like a sad bunny button or something. Something... That won't offend people, but there's no such thing that exists, so good luck. Well, the the good part about it is, and from the way that I was, I read his quote, they want to do something that will give you, give you a way to empathize with a status. Because when somebody's, somebody's loved one goes into the hospital, <laughs> how horrible do you feel going, like? <laughs> That's when you use words. I, yes. I don't comment on things because I can't be bothered with my phone going off 150 times well, because other people are... Turn off those notifications. Know, but they don't make it that easy on the phone. On yeah, the laptop, it's fine. Security settings. Big thing. They like to hide that shit on you. I do like to go on other people's Facebook accounts and like horrible statuses <laughs> on their account because that's always funny to watch from my account. But 
Um, my mom said I had to stop doing that to my sister, so. I was going to say, if that was somebody you weren't related to, that's a certain kind of sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, it's also people I'm not related to, so. Lock your phones. Wow. <laughs> but it'll, it, it will hopefully give us a way to be able to show some empathy and support without having to, quote unquote, like somebody's bad status. I lost my job today. Like. <laughs> well, if you don't like them, I mean. My Aunt Tilda died today. Like. You know, it's just. Yeah, maybe the, yeah, a sad bunny would be fine by me. Just a little something. But, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see if it even happens. Because I want to say that this, something like this was talked about two years ago? Something along something those lines? Like that, yeah. Yeah, they've, they've been talking about this before, so we'll see if it happens and if it does, how it will manifest itself. So, sadly, there will not be a thumbs down button because, you know, they didn't want to start negativity on the internet. Start. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to create an incubator for it? I mean, because it's already there. Sorry, slash S. <laughs> don't want to encourage any more. We don't want to add any more fuel to that fire. <laughs> yeah, because that fire is fucking raging out of control. It's like a California wildfire. Oh. Tropical. I, I try, I try. <laughs> so that I think that really kind of covers it for uh, for those things that are newsworthy, at least for right now. I mean, what you're saying Aust- is slow news week. Slow pretty much. Week. I mean, Australia now has a new prime minister that is in favor of same-sex marriage. So if we have any listeners in Australia, good for you. I'm single. <laughs> Lucky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> And it's funny because I do have a few people that I, uh, I'm Facebook friends with, and I'm like, why all of a sudden we've seen? Uh, oh, gotcha. <laughs> Lots of stuff happening in Australia. I'm like, why? And of course, Facebook. That's the day that Facebook decides all my Australian friends are the only statuses I will see that day. I mean, they needed something good to happen because let's face it, everything else in Australia will kill you. Yes. Everything's poisoned outside. Anything kill you. Kangaroos are adorable. And poisonous. And they will kill you. But still, they're adorable. <clears throat> Anywho. But yeah, so. Slow news week. Um, I'm going to mention it just in passing. Our Lady Peace is coming to Orlando, Florida and playing the House of Blues on October 13th. And I have tickets. And now Brian's going to be traveling on assignment again that week. So. I'm probably going to the concert by myself. Oh, I, I will find, I will, I already told uh, my best friend, I'm like, yeah, you know this band? Yeah, okay, well, you're probably going to see them, because Brian probably won't be in town. If, uh, if if there was more time, we could probably turn this into a contest for when a, when a date with Pat to see Our Lady Peace. No, because then when nobody <laughs> enters to win that contest, oh. I will be sad and demoralized. Oh, no, no. See, the way you got to do it is, you make the thing, win a date with Pat, and everybody answers, and you go, we're going to see Our Lady Peace. Uh, can I take back my... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, then I wouldn't care, because then at least, you know, I would feel <laughs> I feel happy and vindicated. Gotcha. <laughs> like, it's not so much me, it's just that band. Yeah. And then I enter all the weirdest people I can find. Yeah. <laughs> Lord yeah. But Rain, Rain Maida is quite hot, and I love their music. So, hey. 
I'm excited for it. They've been here one other time, and that was like six years ago, so I'm happy. And possibly a new album, then. First it was Third Eye Blonde, now it's Our Lady Peace, all in the same year. It's like the 90s have come back and hugged me. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, this, this could go into our television. I heard a rumor that Nickelodeon is going to start a channel devoted entirely to 90s cartoons. Yes. Yes. Called Splat. I'm excited. <laughs> I was like, what is that noise? I was like, oh my god, dude. Somebody got in trouble? Somebody got in trouble. Mm, splat. He's practicing. Yeah, just filthy enough to be good. <laughs> Says the man sitting in his underwear. you damn right. So yeah, no, the, uh, the Splat Network sounds promising. I would I would be happier if it wasn't just Nickelodeon. Like if Nickelodeon went in with some of the other networks like and it was boomerang a, and other stuff like that. Yeah, like I a lot of the Fox stuff, you know, um like just give me a place where I can watch X Men, the animated series, whenever I want, I'll be happy. Well I have one of the D V D sets, but that's besides the point. I think it's all up on Hulu. No. Is it? Yeah. Um, my roommate just watched all of it. Oh, I need to I need to check that out. I have the um I think I have the Phoenix Saga and the Dark Phoenix Saga collections from that show. Now, okay. now does anybody know if um if they're going to have... Is it just cartoons that's going to be on Splat, or is it going to be all their live-action shows from the 90s as well? I mean, I see a clip, or uh, I'm looking at the website, or one of the news sites right now, and I'm seeing some live-action photos, so maybe they'll do stuff like some of their... their uh, competition shows like Double Dare oh. and Legends of the Hidden Temple and all that stuff. Salute your shorts. That was my Salute jam. Salute your shorts and hey dude. Are you afraid of the dark? Oh, are you afraid of the dark? Are you afraid of the dark? That was... Oh man, that was my jam. So basically we just want Saturday Night Nick. Yes. Every Saturday Night Snick? Oh my gosh. Space Cases, all that. Roundhouse. Well, because does, is gas still a thing? Yes. I believe. If that is, then you probably won't get the game shows, because that's where um, those live. Okay. Because, like, uh, Legends of Hidden Temple, um... Guts. Guts. That's the one. I'm like, I'm thinking of the one, I'm like, mountain, climbing, yeah. Uh, Guts is on there. You have a lot of those shows on, um, on yes. Nick Gas. So, we'll see. We'll see if Splat ventures into more live action. Because, I mean, that'd be awesome, at least for yeah. our generation. It would give them a place to, you know... put in a... Clarissa explains it all. I, that'd be awesome. I'd be, I would 100% be down with that. Pete and Pete. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the list goes on. Yeah. Ah, good times. So, with that, let's dive into our television stuff. Let's talk about... We've had our, our summer finales, because we're getting ready to go into our fall, fall television season. Jeff, I know you watched it, and we actually caught up right after your baby shower. Oh, uh, Hannibal? Hannibal, yes. Mm. I it, feel weird talking about this with Brian not here. I know, I know. We won't go into it much. We'll... Does it feel dirty? <laughs> Prolonged pause. <laughs> I, can only... <laughs> I can only imagine that confession who walks into the living room and he's like, Hey, um, me and Jeff, uh... Whew. We talked about Hannibal without you. And it could only be better if he did have like some sort of flip-out reaction and like stomps out the door and <laughs> takes havoc with him. You don't know. That might happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't go into it much, but I figure it was worth talking about because it's one of the uh, only real major 
I think summer shows that that any of us were watching. Um, but the second half, because that's where we had gotten up to, and we kind of stopped. But basically, they just took Red Dragon and made it a miniseries. With some extra little bits with uh, Gillian Anderson and, and those types of things, but until the very end. And I was yeah. kind of pissed about the ending. What, about the cliffhangeriness of it all? Like, pun intended? Or, or what? <laughs> well, and I guess it could be that. But I feel like they, I feel like they either reshot the ending when they knew that they were not going to be picked up for a fourth season. Because I feel like because of the artsiness of the show, that was their kind of way to end everything. But I, I just felt like you've now just destroyed... I understand it's like an alternate timeline feel to it, but you've just destroyed everything that came, that comes after it. Yeah. Well, but you see, they did so much of the Hannibal book in the first half of the season, and they put like all of it timeline-wise before anything Silence of the Lambs related. So they burned through all of the plot of Hannibal. Yeah. The book, anyway. Yeah. Uh, I still was I still was upset by it, because it was so... It was so to the letter of Red Dragon that to then really have the only thing that was changed be that final confrontation. That entire but final that was, confrontation was different. But that, entire, that, that whole fight was good. It was. Oh my gosh. It was fucking gruesome, but it was... <laughs> but it was good. So we'll uh, we'll have to do a uh, a Hannibal Love Fest podcast. That way Brian doesn't get upset that he's not able to to interject his his opinions about the final season and the uh, the second half of it. And, you know, I don't want to I don't want him to storm away and take havoc. Hannibal well, Love Fest. I will Fest. say that like I enjoyed what they did with Will Graham's character more than the book series ever did. Because the book series, I mean, Will's the main character of the first book, and then he goes away and. They only reference him in passing after that. Like, oh yeah, I hear he's down in Florida, drunk somewhere. You know, like they bet that's all they talk about. Will yeah, Graham. I I really like how how the whole TV series they they fleshed out the character because you're right they didn't spend nearly enough time on him in the book. Um, so yeah, I'm I love that actor too. So oh yeah, Hugh Dancy is uh, him and I didn't realize they were both in that King Arthur movie with uh, Clive Owen way back when. <laughs> yep. Clive Owen just looking all white British guy playing a role. Hmm. <laughs> well, they had no choice but to flesh out um, Will's character because you weren't gonna you weren't gonna do pre silence and then anything after silence. You have like you have this one set of stuff. Yes, they adapted parts of everything else afterwards into the the previous seasons but you're not gonna you have to flesh him out because he is your main character you're basically taking your one book and having it stretched out through this whole thing by incorporating other pieces without utilizing clarice and the characters that they don't have the rights to well that was clarice is the only one and that was the thing that fuller had talked about like everybody else in silence they pretty much had fair use of and he had hoped when the show started that by the time they got to Silence of the Lambs, they would have the use of Clarice. But even up till like beginning of this season, they still hadn't gotten the rights issue worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and without Clarice, you pretty much don't have much 
like you don't have any narrative from those, so you have to just take what you were able to adapt and work with it from there. Because, right. and honestly, had they had they gotten the rights and gone on to season four, you've used up so much of. I mean, you had um, Buffalo, oh, Buffalo, uh, Buffalo, yeah, Bill. Buffalo Bill, <laughs> Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo Wild Bills, <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. Puts lotion on its skin and puts it in the bath. <laughs> Jesus. Totally isolating that and tacking it on to the end after your uh, after your little outro piece. It's just gonna that's just gonna be there at the end. Put the lotion on the fucking bath. Hard fuck me. Hard fuck me hard. So hard. <laughs> You just do an episode all talking like Buffalo Bill. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> that's how they that's okay, so if we do a Hannibal episode, that's it. All just talking like <laughs> Yeah. Uh but yeah, just, Lee Pace would have been would have played him, correct? Yeah, that was the that was the favorite choice. I think that's who Fuller was campaigning to get on the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good when uh when these creators like to bring back the people that they enjoy working with. I mean, the the talk now is that they're going to go away for a little while, and hopefully the the De Laurentiis people can put together financing enough to maybe even do like a movie or like a, a mini series distributed elsewhere. So we'll see. We shall see. Hope springs eternal. <laughs> so two other quick shows that I wanted to to bring up are Hulu shows, actually. And I don't know if any of you guys have watched them. I know I touched on Difficult People the last time we did uh, a group recording and we were only three episodes in at that point and i wasn't sold on it i'm still not 100 percent sold on it but it's gotten better it doesn't it's taken a lot of that edge off of them just being absolutely agitating for no real reason and it's now now it's more it's it's feeling more like a sitcom and having a little bit more footing i still i still watch it partially because i'm a glutton for punishment and I will watch anything straight through, especially when it's on Hulu, because you can just keep on going back. Um, but it is very interesting that they've started to go a little bit more towards the weekly release, because Difficult People comes out on Wednesdays, so it's almost to the point where I have to remember, oh, shit, it's Wednesday, let me go watch this new episode. Um, but so far, it's been pretty decent. You know, I, I still feel, still think Billy Eichner's kind of adorable. With that weird eye thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, even though he kind of has a, has a little special look to him, he's still kind of adorable in that cranky old Jew way. Which I find endearing. I grew up on Long Island. Most of my bosses were cranky old Jews. He's like... Cranky I have daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the face I made there, right? Listen, I'm, I'll call it out before anybody else does. Have you seen my boyfriend... Oh. <laughs> Have you seen our friend that looks just like your boyfriend? <laughs> yeah. Are you, still... trying to say, are you trying to say Brian's a bit nevish? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> uh, but yeah, with Difficult People, it's, uh, every, every Wednesday is a new episode on Hulu. Uh, and then for its second season, the Hot Wives are back. Oh yeah. Did you watch any of the uh, Hot Wives of Orlando? Um I watched I watched the first season the Hot Wives of Orlando and I it was I was very surprised at how much I I thought it was I liked it. I was exceptionally surprised by how much I liked it. It was funny. 
it was really kind of guilty pleasure watching. Yeah. And it was binge watching material because everything came out at one time. Um, I hated the fact that there were like palm tree shots all the time. <laughs> I'm like, what part of Orlando are you fucking filming in where there's the rows beach, of palm trees? Obviously. <laughs> These were like sidewalk shots with like rows of palm trees. I'm like, this isn't this Palm is Springs. Soda. This is St. Armand's Circle. <laughs> it's like they filled they filmed the beach at Saint Aug- near Saint Augustine and and then just came back to Orlando. Yeah, there were a couple of like scenic shots that they did. They actually did film in like Winter Park in like Yola. Yeah, which were cool. Um, and every so often throwing in like a Kissimmee reference. You can take the girl out of Kissimmee, but you can't take Kissimmee out of the girl. Like <laughs> things like that were were a, a cute little piece to make it feel more Orlando. Um, but overall, it was it was hysterical. And it was such guilty pleasure watching. Season 2 took him out of Orlando, and now we are in Las Vegas with a chunk of the same cast. Well, not even a chunk of the same cast. There's only two? I think it's three. Three. Yeah, I think it's three. But only one of them is actually the same character. So Fei-Fei moved from Orlando to Las Vegas. But then um, one of the other characters is now... Jennifer, yep, the uh, drunk Southern woman who's nine months pregnant, but only got pregnant right after they got married three weeks prior. Yeah, um, and it's again, it's a lot of guilty pleasure watching. I don't know if I'm enjoying it as much this time around. I feel like a show like that kind of the the problem with making a show like that, which is kind of it's a parody of a reality show that's location based, is that. I think you're really most of your cat most of your audience is just gonna be the people that live there. Like I know tons of people in Orlando that watch the Hot Wives of Orlando, of Orlando, but I don't know a lot of people that watch the second season. Let's let's take a moment to kind of dial back to uh, early twenty teens where there were talks of the A list Thornton Park or something along those lines was going to happen. Wow. You didn't know about that? I don't think I did. Yes. Somebody was trying to greenlight a like A-list type show that took place in Thornton Park. Wow. Oh, dear God. I wish that had happened. <laughs> I, can't, I, I don't even know who the fuck would be cast. Oh, my God. First off, considering the A-list was all, like, hot guys yes. that were movers and shakers, movers and shakers in the community. Yeah. Who the yes. fuck do we have in our... Somebody's going to get mad at me for this, but who the fuck do we have here? Who? There's tons of money floating around. We just don't see no, it. no, there is. I know yeah, there is. Yes. And My unlike Winter Park, it's not weird money. Well, <laughs> Winter Park's pretty damn weird money. Yeah, no wonder it did not get green light on that one. There was, they, they went to casting and they were like, can we import some people here? <laughs> can we get Mike Ruiz to move down to Thornton Park? <laughs> No. Uh, all right, then never mind. We're not doing that. <laughs> I, I, BJ, I get what you're saying with the location-based stuff, but I think at the same point, um, because it is a parody, you're going to see a spike in viewership on a location basis. Yeah. But at the same time, how many how many of your acquaintances, because, I mean, I don't really have any friends that watch the Real Housewives shows. At least if they did, I disowned them all. Um <laughs> How many people do you know that will watch like the Real Housewives of Atlanta, of um, the you know Los Angeles, or wherever the fuck these shows are, Beverly Hills? A lot of my redneck friends that live in North Florida will watch 
hot, uh, I call everything hot wives now. Uh, we'll watch like the real housewives of Atlanta. Yeah. But like, I don't know a lot of, I don't know a lot of, a ton of people that'll, that watch that, that don't live. Like my mom lives for hot wives of Atlanta. Uh, my mom lives for that shit in Atlanta, well, but she doesn't watch any of the other ones. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, cause I have, I have some friends that I've known in the past that eat up every fucking season of any of them. So Atlanta you comes know, back on. You know who does? Who is that? My mom. Really? Loves the Real Housewives of anywhere. Wow. <laughs> Any of them. She loves them. Wow. Have you told her about the uh, the Hot Wives of Orlando? Get her to watch that? No, because I don't think she has Hulu. Ah, okay. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to get her to watch it next time. Just to, I would love to hear your mother's take on... Uh, on the Hot Wives of Orlando. <laughs> I, it, it's, I, it has to be some kind of a, a guilty pleasure for us because we live here, that even people that live in another city that have no kind of concept of what we deal with are just like, eh, it's okay. But anybody here, it's just it, it's that little bit of, except for like what you said when you see palm trees, like, that shit ain't Orlando. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think, that's, I think that's the difference between the Hot Wives of Orlando as a parody show versus the Real Housewives of Atlanta or New York is it's a parody so the the comedy isn't really location based they'll throw in words to make it seem that way no let's right. let's tell us back what is the philosophical question here what is orlando <laughs> aren't we all in orlando in we are way? but what what is that quintessential orlando thing that's going to get people hooked onto the show do they do they picture it the thing they don't have the rights to ah, <laughs> yes. there it is <laughs> Yeah. 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 Oh, you live in Orlando? Big picture of fucking Cinderella's castle. No. I live <laughs> I live in Orlando. Picture 55 West. <laughs> <sighs> the gas station on the corner of Church and Paramore. <laughs> That's right now. That's my Orlando. That's my Orlando. That's what I think Orlando. That's what I think of. <laughs> Just waiting for the damn stadium to be built. <laughs> Still pissed that there's not going to be a rotating lion. That was my favorite part of the design. They just taken the city's money. Still have a rotating lion. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. So that's I. That's I think the end of like the summer show area of our uh, TV talk. So fall TV is right around the corner. So this episode is going to go out. On Friday. Uh-huh. We're recording on Wednesday. It goes out on Friday. I have a lot of work to do in the next two days. The next day and a half to get this uh, up and on the ready to be on the website. Basically, two days after this goes live, we start the new season of most of our shows. Mm-hmm. Except shit like The Flash, which comes back in October. But, you know, it's oh. just a pain in the ass for them to... Actually, a lot of stuff is coming. I noticed is coming back like the last week in September. Yeah, the next two weeks are, are, I think, the majority of it. Yeah. September is usually your your quote unquote like launch month for um, for your television for yeah. your television shows. Um, I know uh, Shield is. I don't think Shield is this week. I think Shield is the following week. The mm-hmm. middle is this week coming up. Yep. Um, the Muppets, I think, is the same week as Shield. The Muppets are no. It's is that next week? Twenty second, I think. Oh it is. my goodness! Yeah. Uh, um, the, the Muppets come out uh, next week. So yeah, the next two weeks we're really going to have a, the majority of our fall TV, whether it's new series, whether it's returning series. And instead of doing a 
let's list off all the shows that are coming up type of thing, because that just gets tedious and boring. I thought we could maybe just kind of talk about some of the one or two of the series that are coming up that are really on our radar for the fall uh, 2015 television season. So, BJ, why don't you kick us off? Oh, that? boy. Okay. Um, I've got a... I've got a list that I've got to whittle down in my head real quick to two. Um, Doctor Who is the soonest one. That one's Sunday. So this upcoming Saturday. Is it Saturday? Saturday. Saturday. Oh, yep. my goodness. Well, Sunday is when I watch it. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, because Brian just went and saw the um, season eight finale in 3D in the movies up in D.C. With, uh, I, just, I just heard they were doing that. Yeah, same here. And I think they were including the prequel for season mm-hmm. nine as well. The, there's like a... There's like a it's barely a minute. It's um, the doctor ch- literally kind of chilling with the um, the sisterhood where he got the elixir that turned him into the war doctor for the 50th anniversary. So there's a little bit of the uh, – touches on a little bit of the stuff from the 50th anniversary in there. Um, but, yeah, no, Doctor Who is probably what I'm most excited about. Uh, I, I kind of saw some of the episode title lists. There's a lot of two-parters. Uh, There's a lot of two-parters this season. They're going kind of back to the bigger stories, um, smaller mysteries. So you don't have you don't have a lot of stuff piled on that's like, you know, well this means something, and then there's this that came in over here. No, it's actually kind of a, a original. It's a kind of a return to the how the original series kind of used to be structured, where they had one big story and you had multiple parts um, for that one story, um, and then. Um, Something Matisse, I can't remember her first name, uh, from Game of Thrones, uh, the one that plays Arya. She's apparently in one of the two-parters. And then the next show I am beyond excited about is The Muppets. I just, I, the promos have been absolutely hilarious. They, they've, they've kind of gone back to kind of the original Muppet show had a little bit of weird adult humor in there. I'm iffy on the format of the show, which is kind of like Miss Piggy has her own late-night talk show. Kermit just happens to be the head of the show, and what we're watching is the backstage kind of documentary film of the making of this show starring Miss Piggy. So it's kind of like, it's very meta, show within a show, and they're doing that kind of documentary thing we've been used to, like with The Office and with uh, Parks and Rec. Um, But just the way, if, if the show works out anything like the promos, it's absolutely going to be hilarious. Um... So, yeah, I think those have to be my two top picks. So, basically, the Muppets are the office meets the comeback meets belt. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. And, and because it's the Muppets and it's a weird enough concept, I'm like, as long as they have the right writers for this, I think it's going to work. I think we're I think we're getting the Muppet show. We've got because it's a it's a cute way of them bringing in guest stars. I know. Um, a lot of their a- ABC guest stars are slated to go in there. Um, Nathan Fillion's popped up in a couple of the promos, so I'm I'm very very excited for it. Ming Na Wen did some promo material with them. Yep. So um, I just I just found out she was Chun Li not too yeah. long ago. I didn't realize that. Somebody posted a video on Facebook, and it was like yeah. it, it said that, and I watched the clip, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> that really is. Okay, y'all look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> That movie came out when? <laughs> yeah, we we know. And it was terrible. It, and <laughs> the last time I saw it, the last time I watched it was in the that, theater that same time. So oh, that's that is a tragedy in and of itself. <laughs> we, we, I think we can have a whole separate discussion about it in the terrible <laughs> video game franchises. Yes. But, uh, 
I think she fantastic movies. I think she did the voice of Mulan yeah, in the Mulan movie was, as well. Yeah. yeah. So she's been she's been creeping along in the in our shadows, oh, watching us for a while. Oh Meg, gotta love her. Um, Jared, I know you're so thrilled about TV, but we're gonna skip you just because I don't like it. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, so Jeff, what are you looking forward to in this new fall TV season? Well, there's one big show that I know it's only going to have a limited episode run, and it's only on a, one of those premium channels. But Ash vs. the Evil Dead, and that comes on. It's starting Halloween night, yes. and oh, that's going to be so good. Join us. So looking forward to that. I mean, did anybody not like the Evil Dead movies when they were younger? Seriously, that that's another one. That was part of the ones that got cut, but I'm super excited about that one, too. I never Mark. saw the Evil Dead movies. <gasps> oh! No. I'm a horrible, like, movie person. Dead by Dawn? I've never seen any of Dead them. Dead by Dawn? Dead by Dawn. Ar- Army of Darkness is the most kind of most popular one. That guy actually like a whole theatrical release. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, other than that, I mean... A lot of the usual shows that I'm going to watch, like I'm going to watch Flash, I'm going to watch Arrow, I'm going to watch... I'm probably going to give up on Once Upon a Time because that show has just let me down. It's like True Blood all over again. Every time I expect the show to get better, it just gets worse. It, Yeah, it's... I don't know. I think... I feel like it's it, it should be on its last season. Like I feel like you, you you need to start wrapping this up. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with Once Upon a Time. Uh, actually, the... Uh, the other show that's like completely separate in its storyline, except for like one or two characters, that's coming back uh, on FX, Fargo, because Fargo season one was fantastic. Really? Oh yes, it was so good. It's in my queue. It's uh, it's one of those like they managed to actually give Key and Peel a semi-comedic but straightforward like FBI agent role for both of them, and it works. They actually did a really good job. Huh. Yeah, I know Brian. Uh, Brian thoroughly enjoyed it to the point where he had me get him the little box set with the the knit cap for uh, Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So whenever I see, I want to go on a Hulu. Yeah, it's Hulu. It, it yeah, shows up. up now. Yeah, it shows yeah. up in my uh, in my my list or across the bottom, and um, I just see the 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 knit pattern, and I just you know I'm like, oh, little beanie cap. We live in Florida. It's, it'll never get warm, but no. still, it was a cute little little bundle. Really, when it comes down to fall television, there's not much that I'm looking forward to that like that deserves being really kind of talked about. And it, it really just goes back to um, I know we'll end up watching the Muppets because Brian's a huge Muppets fan. Um, I don't think there's much in the way aside from that of new television that I'm excited for or is even really on my radar. Obviously, because I'm sitting here thinking, and I'm like, maybe I, I forgot to, to DVR Neil Patrick Harris's new show. Oh, yeah, that Best starts show tonight. Ever. Yeah, last night. Last night. Okay, yeah. yeah. They, had a, they had a live uh, premiere last night. I'll check it out. I think every episode's supposed to be live. Quote unquote, supposed to be. Well, I would say they have to have recorded stuff because they, they show little, like, snippets in the advertisements. Ah, uh, okay. So when it was like, they kind of, it sounded like they were making a big deal of it for, like, the, the premiere to be live. But if it is, you know, mostly live every time, then good for him. <laughs> um, 
I mean, it doesn't really need to work. I mean, How I Met Your Mother, it went into syndication years ago. Shit, that, so. that man, I, I guarantee you, is... Well, he's got to take care of his kids. He's a, you know, he's got a family. He's got to, got to feed. So, good on him. Bubbis. Yeah. Um, I think the show I'm most excited that's coming back, the, that I'm most excited to see, is going to be Shield. Agents of Shield. It took so long for it to get <laughs> up and running that it's now actually in a good. It's in a good place. And I mean, I'm curious to see. We're going to have a lot more Inhuman stuff. And the fact that they are mapping out the Inhuman storyline four years before the movie happens. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very interested to see how they're going to sustain it, really. Yeah. It's, it's, Marvel is just really counting on the Inhumans brand to take off. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. It, it, it's interesting because I, I did read a little bit on this season. They said that um, all the Inhuman stuff is... Um, it's supposed that's supposed to be a really slow moving storyline. So something that we think will be resolved halfway through the season will actually encompass the whole season. So they said it's supposed to be kind of like a slow burn because I think they're going to tap that's, the brakes. That's the build up for Secret Warriors. Yeah, is the slow burn. Yeah. Um. We'll apparently find out fairly quickly what happened to uh, Gemma. Yep. Because uh, it's I think a three month gap. From the season finale to the start of season three. Yep. So there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to be... They'll have had time to deal with, um, including Coulson losing his hand and, you know, uh, Daisy now being Daisy. And yeah, they actually they showed... Uh, I was looking... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Online today, her character, like her out, like her character design for this whole season is she's pretty much Daisy from the comics. She's pretty much Quake from the comics at this point. Um, or like right, like Quake year one. Uh, so her character's um, a bit more like her comic book character at this point. I find it interesting that they did take, they took two seasons to kind of get her there. And I really like that because now we know we, we kind of, everybody started at level zero and by the end of season one, they were, like, at level 1.2. And now we're like, oh, they're level 6, level 7 now. So we, we can kind of get a good view of... Well, because halfway through season one, they they went from level 1 to level half. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Uh, and that's that's the kind of thing, uh, at least is, with... Is this, like, is this like Scientology where you got to pay, like, 5000 <laughs> to get to level 5? No, you just have to be a good-looking actor and um, cast in a Joss Whedon series. Uh, <laughs> 
I'm excited for it, and I, I'm very, I'm very, very, very interested to see how all this kind of plays out, especially since I think the next Marvel series on Netflix starts in November. Yep, November twentieth. Jessica, Jessica Jones. So it'll, uh, it, it's a, it's a beast at this point. Marvel is this giant machine that is trucking along. So and they're taking well, a, a, they're taking a, a lot of time without the, uh, without the head anymore. Oh yeah, we'll talk about that. Do you want to enlighten our listeners in case they don't know what's going on? Yeah. Er, uh, Ike Perlmutter was the Marvel Entertainment CEO, and he, a lot, for the, the pretty much from the beginning of the Marvel movies that we've all come to love from, like, Iron Man on, he's been more or less behind the scenes pointed out as, like, the main driving force of why certain things have been the way they've been. Why you don't really see a lot of female-driven Marvel movies yet. Uh, why you've seen certain creative decisions and why a lot of directors have left projects early on, or like, you know, why a lot of directors don't want to come back after one or two movies. There, he's he's from from what all the rumors have said, he's been the one who's kind of been so strangleholding the the Marvel movies to a certain formula that. Uh, Ever since Disney merger took place, uh, it's there's been some some finagling from Kevin Feige. Uh, basically, he got into the position recently where it came down to him going to his Disney higher ups and completely uh, circumvented Ike Perlmutter for uh, movie creative decisions, and Disney ended up siding with Kevin Feige. They they put him firmly in control of the movie division. They have. In, in the process, removed Ike Perlmutter from making any kind of creative decisions. And uh, also that creative cabal, which Ike Perlmutter used uh, to kind of be the sounding board for a lot of script decisions for the movies, is no longer able to uh, offer their input or kind of steer mm. the ship. It's basically, now it's entirely all Kevin Feige's, uh, his ship to either sail correctly or sink into the water. See that that's really interesting because when they first announced that, I when I, when Joss Whedon I guess first pinned Agents of Shield and brought it to them or whoever whoever brought it to them I, I know he pinned it I I'm not 100 percent sure if he brought it to them but ever when he did that the original Marvel powers at B were like no we're not going to do this like they, right. the idea of linking a TV show with this and this was like I think right before Avengers 1, they were originally like, no, no, we don't know. And I think I think the guy who you mentioned that went above him is the one that kind of got that that running. Uh, we didn't even said after they got done shooting Avengers 2, and, and he was kind of in that, that state of, you know, okay, I've just given birth to the second giant movie, baby. I can kind of say whatever I want. He opened, He very candidly said that Marvel was not pleased with him with a lot of decisions that he made on the show mm-hmm. because they impacted certain things they were trying to do in the movies. Yeah, and uh, I know Edgar Wright. That was one of he said one of his reasons for leaving was just because he just didn't get along with the way the Marvel powers that be were were kind of I, I won't say chokehold, but I'm that that's kind of like he he said he kind of felt like a lot of his decisions were being kind of overwritten. So he was like, you know what? I'm. He's like, I'll still be executive producer, but he's like, you can use my script, but I'm gonna take a step back, and you guys can get a director that is more willing to work with you on these things. 
So well, and that's that's kind of it, is yeah, that, and that's why you've seen so many directors turn in products that they're similar. I mean, there's definitely like I'm not gonna take away from James Gunn or Joss Whedon's writing. Everybody has their own influence, but there's a definite similarity in their formulas for what the sh- what the shots are consisted of, mm-hmm. what the tone of the movies are. They're all very similar. Yeah. So it'll it'll, and, it'll be very actually it'll be very very interesting to see how that kind of how how the machine kind of runs now. It'll either run better or it could be some sort of weird creativity explosion of. You yeah, know. They, they they said that like you really probably aren't going to see big changes in the whole tone or anything like that until I think like what like Doctor Strange on. Yeah. All the all the movies that are coming out up till then are probably going to still be under this because they were made under this regime. Mm-hmm. So from like Doctor Strange on, then you might see what, and which is a good time to do it because Feige has always emphasized that he loves Doctor Strange and he wants to get as weird of a strange movie as possible. Uh, I, I believe the director uh, for the Doctor Strange movies is going to be the same director from the Insidious uh, horror movie series. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad. Um, it'll 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 be an interesting since um. Uh, the whole idea of Doctor Strange is like traveling dimensions, meeting demons and creatures and stuff like that. Um, balance. Uh, so it'll be very interesting uh, since it's an, it's supposed to be an origin movie. So I th- I think that's a good call because Doctor Strange isn't he, the character himself isn't a very puts his fists on his hips and then flies off into the daylight. No, he's a very much like I'm gonna sit here and read this tome and oh look fear demon um, sort of thing. And now I have. Giant battle axe. Exactly. So, uh, I'm very interested. In it. I think it. I think it's a good step. I think all of this is actually kind of a good step in the right direction. Yeah. So it'll be fun to see how uh, season three of uh, Agents of Shield will play into the MCU, and again, maybe we'll start to see some of that uh, influence, or even just some of the um, mentions of Daredevil or uh, Jessica Jones or. Maybe some foreshadowing of stuff with the Punisher, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt them to to include some of that stuff in there as well. That's all under Jeff Loeb. Still, that's he's still like the main TV head honcho. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be fun to see how it all all works together, and then what the movies will uh, start to look like as we get past uh, Civil War. All right, um, Jeff, do you want to talk about the breaking television news? The last piece of television news we have. Uh, well, if anybody out there is a big Stephen King fan, uh, I know that you're you're crying in your your big uh, scary spider shaped pillow because the under the dome just ended. So good news, they have uh, are potentially going to greenlight a Stephen King's The Mist series to television. Yeah. So it's probably gonna have to do the same thing where they make the pilot and it gets approved. But I mean, at least this way, it's I was a big fan of the novella. It's very short. The movie. Takes a nice, and puts a nice big horrible ending for the for the story, oh, which yeah. they don't even do in the in the novella. The novella is just a very open ended. They walk out into the mist and try and find someone, and that's the end of it. Um, but I was a fan of the show, the the, the book, and uh, I don't know. I I think this is also just one of those things that'll help me, you know, get my Stephen King fix until they ever decide to start making Dark Tower movies or TV shows or whatever the hell they're gonna do. They, uh, supposedly they're doing a Dark Tower movies, uh, movies, um, but they, you know, they're, they're very cryptic about it. It's half because yeah. probably they haven't even started casting, and the other half is they probably haven't even like 
started anything on the process, but they they say well, they're going to do it. The Dark Tower movie, because I, I remember like way back when they first greenlit it, it was going to be like Ron Howard was going to be the one in charge of it, and they were going to be doing a movie and then a TV show to fill in for book two, and then another movie for book three. It was like they had this giant grand plan in place, and then it all just fell apart. And that was back in like mid-2000s, I think, when they first started talking about this. Yeah. But, so yeah, so yeah, Stephen King's The Mist, hopefully coming to a TV channel near you soon. So, let's move on to video games. So, I'll touch on this real quick, and we'll, it'll lead into uh, one of our new favorite things that, that we've been playing with for the last couple of days. Wave 5 of the Amiibos came out. Yay! There was a line going around the, uh, the Target entryway when I uh, drove by there on last Friday morning. That's some crazy shit. That's just, All for amiibos. That's just crazy. Which one was the which was the hardest one from this batch? Probably Ganondorf. Oh, I mean, good. I have one. <laughs> I, I went in to the Target at nine thirty. Target opened at eight. I went by there, back by there at around nine thirty. All that they had on the rack was Doctor Mario. Yeah, they, Doctor Mario was the Target exclusive, and they ordered five billion of them. Yep. Yeah. Because when I got there at one no, I had to be somewhere at one o'clock. I got there about twelve fifteen. There was I think the guy that was there before me was Wario part of this one this wave too. Uh, uh, let me see. Actually, I Let's believe he was. I okay. believe Wario was one. So the guy, the guy that was there before me, uh, got I guess the last Wario, um, and I picked up a Doctor Mario because there was like again like six cases of them sitting out there waiting to be put out on the shelf. Um, and then I ended up, then these other guys showed up while I was waiting in line and they were like, oh, they have some of the doctor, they have Dr. Mario, but I, and I was like, yeah, I, I was hoping to get a Ganondorf. They're like, oh, the GameStop over in the shopping center had like two or three laps. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, that's where I'm going next. Cause I was like, zero suit Samus would be cool to get and Ganondorf. And they're like, oh yeah, there's like three of each of them over at the GameStop. I was like. Bitch, can you start ringing this up quicker? Because I need to get out of here. <laughs> and, well, and you know, no matter what, these later series of Amiibos are going to be a lot easier to find than some of the old, like, the first waves. Because, I mean, during the first waves, there were all these problems with, like, the shipping containers in California because the dock workers were on strike. And all these different things were happening that just made the first initial waves of Amiibos go wrong. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, they're still... Crazy. Uh, obviously, if there's a line wrapped around the target, you know, overnight, I had people that I, or I saw people talking about it on Facebook about the fact that they were waiting in line since midnight outside of Toys R Us. Like that's just yeah. fucking ridiculous. Okay, so there were two that were I knew were going to be possible to get, but that would have been kind of cool. One was the gold medal Mario. Uh, like he just looked cute. I, I was know. that the was that the Walmart exclusive one? Uh, that came out a while ago, right? That was that was like last year or earlier this year. I possibly. I think it was earlier this year. Target Target had it on their website, but it was not available. I think it said pre-order, but it, you couldn't pre-order. But the one that I really wanted, that was fucking, that's ridiculously hard to get. And this will lead into the, the actual video game piece of it. Is the 30th anniversary 8-bit Mario Amiibo? Ah, yes, the one jumping out of the warp pipe. Yep. Yes. 
That is the most fucking adorable thing I've seen in a long time. Because <laughs> it's so bizarre looking. 8-bit in three dimensions. But it's so cute. And they timed it with the release of... Well, with the 30th anniversary, obviously. And the release of Mario Maker. Did you get Mario Maker? We did, because when I went to Target to pick up the Amiibos, they had the case, and if you bought it, you got a Mario Maker Rubik's Cube. So I you know, oh. I had to buy it. Okay, you have to just tell me a little bit about this game. So you literally make your game, or is there like a pre-made game? Or? Okay. So, how to explain it? I know that there's another game that this is similar to, um, but I, I'm having difficulty like putting my finger on what it is. So... Do you remember Mario Paint? Yes. Oh okay. God. So, oh, so you can you can create your own levels. Uh huh. So it'll give you like the background of the area, and then you have the options, and you start off with X number of options, and I believe you can earn more and, and unlock more more pieces. Um, but you have warp pipes, and you've got coins and blocks and all these things, and you just you can make your own level, do whatever the fuck you want it to be. Like, even the style, like, you can you do the 8-bit, or you can do, like... As you progress, As yes. you progress, okay. There is, um, there are four styles. It's the original Mario Brothers. It is Super Mario Brothers 3. Oh, wow. Because, um, well, the stylistic choice. Everybody loves it. You gotta have this little bolted-to-the-wall, uh... <laughs> Platform. Yeah. Um, Super Mario... it was a stage production. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Morimoto, calm down. Morimoto, Miyamoto. Miyamoto, whatever. Oh, <laughs> Iron Chef, too. Miyamoto, <laughs> Iron Chef Morimoto made Mario Brothers. You didn't know that? No, I did. He opened up a restaurant and then he made Mario Brothers. It happens. Miyamoto, sorry. Thank you, John. I would have better better get it called out now than have somebody on Facebook be like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you are wrong, sir. <laughs> you are wrong. Not that we would ever imply that about the internet. The internet is a lovely place with smart people who want to just provide creative criticism. Yeah. Yep. And donate to their favorite podcast. We are a Patreon site. Go to nerdyshow.com. <laughs> Sorry. So, so <laughs> I'm just, I, I, just hearing you talk about it, I feel like Nintendo just tricked a whole bunch of people into making a game for them. Well, no, because you have that, and then you can play those levels, you can post them, so you can actually, um, you can play other people's levels. Oh, Lord. And some of them are just really kind of fucking annoying. Yeah, I I, I feel like that's just people making impossible levels. So uh, pretty much, pretty much. To punish you. Um, but then they also have, like, mini-games. Okay. So, or, or other little quest-like things. Um, that incorporate levels that are either built into the game or that people are building and uploading. So you have like the 10 Mario, uh, 10 Mario challenge. You have to clear eight boards with only 10 lives. Uh, you can get one ups in the boards. So, I mean, it's not, it's not exactly a 10 Mario challenge because you can, if you get all three one ups in the level, you get no more than 10. So once you hit 10 lives, that's all that you get. So any one-ups after that, it doesn't matter. But if you die once or twice in a board and you get two one-ups, you're right back at 10. Oh, okay. So you have, yeah. But if you, if you die three times, you keep the one-ups that you've collected, but you don't get those one-ups until you clear the board. So if you only get three one-ups in the board and you die eight times, 
you get you tack on you're now at five. You, know, you, okay. have, you have five lives. Um, and then there's the hundred Mario challenge, which is really kind of ridiculous. And it's like this whole, like, but those are like the absolute hardest levels that people are fucking making. <laughs> so it's it's got some fun little features. You can put your um, you can tap your amiibos onto into the game, and then they become little costumes because then you have special blocks. So a special mushroom will pop out, and when you grab that, you go from being Mario to Sonic the Hedgehog. Or Pac-Man, or Kirby, or whatever amiibo you have. So, um, Brian did a board and got a special mushroom at the end and finished the board as 8-bit Princess Peach. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, it's, it's interesting the little things that they do. It's not one of those games that I could see being, like, three months later and you're like, I have been playing this nonstop for yeah, three no. months and I just want to keep on playing it. It's gonna be really cool. For a little while, and then they're either going to have to have uh, some downloadable content that'll include something else into the game, or it's just going to really be one of those that every so often you pick up and go, let me make myself a new Mario board. Okay. Well, like, as a a thought on that, did you guys ever end up getting Splatoon? No, we have not. Because that's one of those games that it's so weird how they released it, and they could do something like that with Mario. When they released the game, they had a very minimal amount of content, and they keep, like, every couple of weeks, they'll release more DLC, and it's just, it's unlocking more stuff that they wanted for the game but wasn't ready in time. Mm. So they roll out new weapons and new maps and all this other stuff. And, I mean, I think, I wonder if that's Nintendo's hope, is that people, like, a month from now, two months from now, will still be just messing with levels and creating new levels and just hoping that, like, the user content will keep the game going. Probably. Than if, you know, you're just sitting there and you never connect online and never go on to see anybody else's levels. Well, yeah. I, I think the downloadable content will be what will maintain the game uh, because, yeah, without that, I don't think there's really... I don't think there's hope for it to be a long-lasting game. I think the biggest part of it is just to celebrate the 30th anniversary of, of Mario. Mario, Mario, and Luigi, Mario. Mario. And I think they even said too. This game started out as like it was going to be another Mario game, and then they ended up just finding the level creator being that much more fun to do. Yeah, because it totally is this generation's Mario paint, uh, including ridiculous noises when you do things. I wanted the I wanted the music section so bad because uh, that's all I played with in Mario Paint. The little fly swatter. Yeah, I did the fly swatter all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me too. But yeah, when you when you put down like it'd be like blah 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 question block question block it like so, it, like it's <laughs> sing song whatever you just put down it's like it's it's bizarre and then there's like a, a dog that you can click on and it barks and like undoes what you just did yeah it's I wonder if the bark sound is the same bark sound from the music thing on Mario Kart. oh if I it was I would lose my I don't know. It was it was definitely very interesting, but it's a, it definitely is a cute little game. Um, I'm I want the 30th anniversary Mario Brothers T-shirt because it's just adorable. Iron Chef Morimoto award in that video that he made, <laughs> where where he officially told us that Mario is not about to die on the cover of the original game, and that Super Mario Brothers three was all just a play. 
The second Mario game was just a dream. Yeah, but that was that was uh, told to you at the end of the game. Uh, Three. But you actually had to beat that game. Yes. Uh, oh, that made. I don't think I've ever gotten mad at. I think that was the first video game I ever got mad at was Super Mario Brothers Two because it took forever and like twenty thousand warps and secret tunnels and you're feeling all badass and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh look, Mario's still sleeping. I never finished Mario Brothers 2, and I never finished Zelda 2. I, I did not like... The sequels were not my favorites. Oh, no. <laughs> so I think bad. I watched Brian beat both of them, actually. Uh, he was he was quite adept at beating NES games. I mean, I just... I can sit there and I can remember, like, every every NES game we got, he eventually made it to the end of. Yeah, I gave up. I gave up, uh, I gave up on Zelda 2. That's still... It's still a thorn in my side. Mario Brothers yeah, 2. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. Mario Brothers 2, the, the, the best part of Mario Brothers 2 for me was being a um, princess and just floating around everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's all I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like, run really fast and jump, and I'm gliding. I'm gliding. And I just fell off the world. Oops. <laughs> Let's start again. Uh, so, yeah, when we, go to, when we go to New York in a couple of weeks, I'm totally hitting up uh, Nintendo World. Just because I want to see if I can get a Mario Brothers shirt, and um, I have a funny feeling that there's like amiibos that I've never seen before in person that are just sitting on the shelves in New York. I'm putting the uh, the uh, pre-order for the retro pack. I think that comes out in like a week. Oh. Yeah, I didn't That's see like that one. Mister Game and Watch, Duck Hunt, and I can't remember. Oh, Rob, Rob, Rob the Robot. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I uh, I'm still pissed that there was a there was one point we were at Walmart and I picked up a a uh, Wii Fit Trainer amiibo because I thought you wanted it, Jeff. <laughs> oh no! And you put it back. Didn't and you? I put it down. And <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, how hard is that one to find out? Oh, damn it! Yeah, yeah it's it's characters you'd never want to actually use in like Smash Brothers. You you would just have that to resell it. Exactly, exactly. You can blame your brother for that one. He told me not to pick it up. So I got a couple of those. I got a I got a little Mac and a few other ones. I got Paulo, uh, my friend Paulo. I actually got him Mark way back when, and he still has it, I think. Yeah, because then uh, Paulo got you the little Mac, right? No, no, I bought that on my. Oh, you got that one yourself? Um, yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember when those came out. You guys are very excited about them. For those people who played Metal Gear Solid, I've heard that Metal Gear Solid Five is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm still uh, debating buying it. I don't want to pay full price because I'm spoiled on PC gaming. <laughs> but I really want to play it. Let's see, Metal Gear 5. I haven't played it myself, but uh, friends of mine have played it and they they really enjoyed it. It's 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 sort of a deviation away from your typical Metal Gear Solid game. It's more of like your base management system now where you can... It's like Skyrim. It's like, imagine you're playing Skyrim, but as Snake. So when, like, it's completely... They have missions, but and, and that's one of the primary complaints about I've heard about the new mm-hmm. game, is it's very sparse on story, mm-hmm. because they want you to go into each mission without mm-hmm. uh, basically being your, your hand being held the whole time. Yeah. They want you just to kind of go through and do whatever you want to do, however you want to tackle it. Like, there's a guy you got to kill. There's a million different ways you could accomplish that goal, and it's entirely up to you how you want to get there. Be the snake. I will never play that game, then. And you can recruit yeah, people to help you, too. Oh, yeah, yes. That's, 
Yeah, that's the best thing, too. They have this thing called the Fulton system in anything, whether it be soldiers you knock out or equipment or random animals on the map. You can Fulton them. Basically, you tie a giant balloon to them. They get lifted up, and then the jumbo jet that comes by, kind of like in uh, Dark Knight, where they grab the balloon with the hook, and they zip you off, and you get at whatever you just got grabbed gets added to your base as, like, an accessory or a soldier <laughs> for you or anything. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> it's very funny to watch, too, especially when you do, like, do it to a cow. <laughs> you see a cow get yanked off the ground. That's kind of oh awesome. Oh, my God. Uh, I just, I enjoy watching Brian play uh, Metal Gear Solid 2. Because Brian is not a stealthy game player. <laughs> Brian is a okay. There's something going on. Let me run into. Let me run right in the middle of it and oh start God. attacking. Did you hear that? Yeah. He he does not see well with the tiptoe around here. All right. Just well, he, he might like five then. Five. They actually designed it where that it's just as fun if you just run in gun blazing as it is if you're doing the stealth thing. Okay. Like they don't. They don't try and punish you horribly by being stealthy yeah. or by not being stealthy. That was always my favorite part. That and the, the sound that would happen whenever. Uh, <laughs> yes. I used to have that as my text message tone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was good times. Uh, <laughs> all right. I want to just kind of touch on this because um, I know we haven't looked into buying any of the newest generation of consoles, but um, Mortal Kombat is not coming to PS3 or uh, Xbox 360. They, they shelved the plans. That. I kind of agree with this because it, it's a mixed bag. I've thoroughly been enjoying some of the games that were on PS3, like being re-released for PS4. Uh, DMC got re-released on PS4. It's stupid fun and violent. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's the uh, remake of Devil May Cry. And... I'm like, okay, this is fun. And then they, you know, they re-released the Kingdom Hearts series on PS3. But like, it's getting a little nuts. Like they're they're gonna, apparently they're doing a re-release of a whole bunch of old uh, PS2 RPGs on. I don't know if it's PS3 or PS4, but there's there's a lot of re-releasing going on, and it's getting a little bit crazy. I think I'm okay with the fact that they're not gonna go backwards because at some point your system's not going to get new games. And to constantly make, like, a copy for PS4 and PS3 is kind of... I know it's kind of keeping the PS3 afloat and the 360 afloat and all that stuff, but I'm like, nah, I'm old school. Eventually, there were no more Nintendo games, and eventually there were no more Sega games, so I just accept it. Yeah, but it's. I think it comes down to how long is long enough. Yeah. You know, it's. I mean, it's the same cycle with phones... You know, after two years, you don't get any more updates on the Android side. You know, like that's I, I get the concept of that, but I feel like if if PS3 is still such a a portion, a large portion of your your clientele, that a big game like that, I can understand not making like the smaller games, the you know your everyday games, but yeah, the amount of hype and and effort that was put into promoting Mortal Kombat X, I think that. It would behoove them. Yeah, then yeah. You, it would be it'd be something that they'd want to do. But hey, either which way, I won't be playing it because we don't have a PS4 or an Xbox One. So, yeah. oh, well, but like on on a different idea, I know that there are certain limitations they're finding. Like that Shadow of Mordor game. Uh, one of my friends actually bought it for the PS3. 
hearing all the amazing stuff about it and how fun it was. And he said he couldn't get more than like 20 minutes in because the load times for everything were so terrible. Uh-huh. Like he couldn't go if he if he encountered any orc that had some kind of big badass rating because it has that special intro every time he does, there'd be a load. There'd be a load screen, and he'd have to wait like 20 seconds for it to just load the introduction of the orc. And you'd have that. I mean, if, you, if anybody's ever played the game, just running through the map, you might bump into one by accident. <laughs> so he said that it almost it basically made the game unplayable for him, and it was basically because it was made more so with the current generation in mind. And the games just don't run well on on old stuff. No, that, I mean that is that's a, a great point to it. it. It's one of those things that we'll obviously start to see the uh, the change into the next gen consoles or the the current ones out. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Um, and BJ, you actually one last video game thing I know that we wanted to bring up, and you slightly mentioned it in anticipation of Kingdom Hearts three. Okay, I feel like I'm a bondage victim. Because every they keep is it really a victim? It's, if you enjoy it, <laughs> I've never heard of the term. It's a bi- I feel I feel like I have an abusive boyfriend, and that abusive boyfriend is Square Enix, because they keep teasing me with like information for Kingdom Hearts three. And by this point, as a Kingdom Hearts fan, I'm just salivating at anything they'll give me. Well, they're apparently putting out one last compilation uh, called Kingdom Hearts two point eight. Um, for and now, don't get me wrong. Is this is this the last of the remakes that they needed to do? Like, has everything been remade now? Yeah. Well, la- yeah, last of everything pertaining to the story, because it, it's um, because the the subtitle of it, it's called it's literally called like the last, and then it says prologue. Uh, it's the Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, the uh, 3DS game, completely remastered. Um, as they and they've done a good job with the remastering of like the full games. Uh, but apparently they're making, there's a, the movie this time around is a cutscene from the um, Unchained PC game. So we're getting some cutscenes that actually finally give us the full story of the original war. And then we're getting something called Birth by Sleep 0.2, which is... Damn weird-ass names. Yeah, so, so many numbers. 0.2, which is a playable, uh, it's Birth by Sleep 0.2, which is apparently... What uh one of the characters from Birth by Sleep's been up to since that since the game ended, so we're actually getting everything that leads up into the final game, and then hopefully by the time this comes out, we'll have a release date for Kingdom Hearts Three. So I'm gonna buy it, even though I'm very angry that it's coming out, and I just want my Kingdom Hearts Three, but I'm I'm gonna get it. So well, isn't isn't 2.8 gonna be an exclusive to PS4? I believe so. I believe it is. Yeah. And, and that's that's kind of a little twist because 3, they've already said, is going to be on multiple systems. It'll be on Xbox, it'll be on PS4, it'll be, you know. But yeah, this is like the last little, like, okay, this is an exclusive PS4, so here's a little Sony love. Yeah, and uh, I think it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, though, because they haven't slated any release dates for any of the other remastered compilations for Xbox One or uh, 360. So, oh, yeah, no, I don't think they would. Yeah, so it's kind of like... If you've had a Sony product up until you decided to switch to Xbox One, you'll get Kingdom Hearts 3. Or if you just sat on the computer and watched, like, a decade's worth of of uh, cutscenes, you'll know what's going on in Kingdom Hearts 3. So it's it'll be interesting. But, uh, yeah, definitely, I'm, I'm gonna, I look forward to it, and I'm going to definitely get it. So that, I think, covers most of our uh, 
our video game news. Okay, so our last section, which will go by pretty quickly because there, we're not very much caught up. I'm probably the most caught up on what's going on right now in the world of comics. But I did want to, I did want to touch on comics for a couple of reasons. One, uh, indie comics wise, two episodes up from this podcast that you're listening to in the stream is Brian's uh, one-on-one interview with Dash's Dave Abersall, the uh, writer and creator of Dash. And uh, it was actually a really cool interview. They not only got into Dave's working with Dash and the other stuff that he's done, some of the plays that he's written, but it got very spiritual. They had a, a bit of a connection on their um, their their Christian school upbringing and kind of how that affected them. So it was a very, a very different take on, on an interview. A lot of times when you just see our, or when you hear our interviews with uh, comic creators, it's just really talking about their work and, and what they've got coming up or what they did or, you know, things like that. But this really kind of delved into a, uh, a whole different realm at certain points during the interview. And I know one of our listeners, Ron, hi, Ron, uh, yeah. he had commented on, uh, our post on Facebook, basically saying that it was, that he enjoyed it for the the spiritual aspect of the the interview and the conversation, and uh, the fact that you know he was going to start checking out some of Dave's stuff uh, because of that, and because he's uh, slightly adorable. He's really kind of adorable, but you know, and he's actually going to be up in New York for uh, New York Comic Con, so we're going to get to see him again. Well, Brian saw him while he was on assignment last time for a wedding, which is I think the last time we we all convened here for for the podcast. But we'll get to see him along with some of our other uh, our other friends, including Ryan Brown, who has his fully funded Kickstarter for the 280-page full-color glass furnace. So that's all funded, so he'll be able to put that out. And now they're doing some stretch goals, and he's giving away some other stuff and doing some T-shirts and all that fun that fun stuff uh, for his Kickstarter. Um, so I'm looking forward to New York Comic Con. Plus, we'll get to see some of our friends from down here up in New York and... I'll get to enjoy weather that I'm not sweating every single day. I'm excited for that. So very nice. Yes. Yes, it is. I'm not going to touch on DC at all because I don't read DC. Any of you boys want to chime in on DC? Didn't, no. Didn't think so. All right. So a couple things on Marvel, um, just because I, I have enjoyed the um, line-wide Secret Wars tie-ins. Um, House of M is coming out fast and furious because... They released it so late in the game that with the relaunch in October, um, they've kind of been forced to put out all four or five issues pretty much every other week. A new House of M is coming out, and then we have third issue just came out today, which Hopeless is writing, which I'm, I'm enjoying the take on House of M. We have four issues of A-Force that have come out, so we have uh, one more before that is uh, done. And A-Force will carry over once the line relaunches, so it'll be interesting to see how they take that concept and move it into the new Marvel Universe. Age of Apocalypse is good. I'm really just talking about the the X-Men titles, because those are what I like and what I enjoy. And they've actually been really good. Age of Apocalypse just came out again. I'm waiting on the next issue of Inferno. I'm enjoying both Hopeless books. Inferno and uh, House of M have been really good. And uh, I know that he's excited to continue working on Spider-Woman when that relaunches, and she'll be pregnant this time. 
dun, dun, dun. Uh, we interviewed him a while back, so go back and check in our... Uh, if, you, if you listen to us on SoundCloud, Ryan did a great job of separating out the episodes. So if you want to hear some of our just one-on-one interviews, there's a section for that. If you like our drag stuff, there's a drag is a new spandex section. Uh, but the biggest thing, and the last thing on comics that I'll touch on, is Secret Wars is supposed to be an eight-issue miniseries. It's so damn big, and in order to properly conclude the story... They have added a knife book. That'll come out in December. What? Are they going to do that great thing where they forget to change the numbering on the books, like so many miniseries, where it's like, book eight of eight, book nine of eight? <laughs> I hope so. I would love that. That would be my favorite. I, I would always keep that, that around. They'd be like, this is issue number nine of eight. <laughs> this is outside of your universe. Yes. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what they do and how they land this plane because it's been really good so far. Oh, yeah. And I'm really kind of curious, one, to see why they needed to add a ninth book. Although the way that the storytelling is going, it's going at a decent pace. But the fact that we have five issues out already and we're still not really at a point where you can see the ending yeah, in sight. And then, like, this could be almost a series of its own at this point. Seriously, they could have taken yeah. a lot longer and done more of this. And honestly, I would probably be quite okay with uh, with this going on a little bit longer. I like these. It's it's like Age of Apocalypse. I enjoyed most of those replacement titles. Mm-hmm. So, for me, it's been pretty uh, enjoyable to go through Secret Wars this time around. So, but number nine will come out in uh, in December. Apparently, the relaunch of everything in October will not affect, it will not spoil any of the surprise of oh, interesting. what the end of this is. Because of the time gap, uh, I think none of the books are starting up immediately after. There's going to be, I know at least the X-Men, it's eight months out. Oh, okay. You know, so I'm pretty sure that when this whole line relaunch happens, there's going to be a difference in time between the end of Secret Wars, and when all of this kind of kicks back up. Okay. Which I think is how they're also explaining, no, the Spider-Woman. When they show the cover art of her pregnant, it's, oh. you're going to have this eight months. She's going to be eight months long, oh. so there's going to be this whole kind of point oh. where you don't know about. Apparently what happens in Battleworld doesn't stay in <laughs> Battleworld. Exactly. Right. Um, the only other thing, and of course now the... The fear-mongering and um, conspiracy theorists are added again because some pages have come out from, oh shit, what's the new, um, Extraordinary X-Men, where now all of the the rumors of, they're killing all the mutants are coming back because now there is the M-Virus. Of course. Wait a minute. Yeah, we've gone back there. We've gone back to a virus killing the mutants. I don't know if Colossus is around to kill himself again to, to cure us this time. He is around because he's going to be in... Which one was he going to be in? The one with... The, oh, yeah, the Extraordinary... Extraordinary X-Men. X-Men? Yeah. Because there is a conversation between Storm and Teen Gene, who is on their, the Extraordinary X-Men book, talking about what happened to Cyclops. So the thought is that Cyclops is dead because he may have been killed in Battle World, but, you know, again, that eight-month gap, nobody... Something has happened to him, and we don't know what. But and now, like, young Cyclops or old Cyclops? Old Cyclops. Old no. Cyclops became the Phoenix. The one I respected. Oh, that's right, and then, then the... Uh, what was it? Doctor Doom just killed him? Yeah, Doom just grabbed him by the neck and snapped it. 
and then killed uh, Doctor Strange immediately after. But Doctor Strange has a new book coming out with this, so obviously do um, obviously that isn't going to stick. But nobody has seen Adult Cyclops. Uh, but then, on, but the biggest part of the pages that got um, that got put out or leaked or whatever the case is was the fact that Storm and Jean are having this conversation talking about the virus killing mutants, and on top of that, that the Terrigen mists have rendered them sterile. Oh wow! Hmm. So we're oh, killing. It's, it's the swing in seventies for the mutants. So so it's good. To, it, so it's good to know. <laughs> It still sucks to be a mutant, even in the new Marvel universe. Okay. Exactly. So now, of course, that's the, the big, you know, to do now is people are going, see, you've been talking about the fact that they, they don't want to get rid of them. Look, now they're, they're sterile and they're, they have a virus that's killing them all. Obviously, something is going on and they have, what, good five X-Men titles that are relaunching with this, you yep. know, all new, all different Marvel universe. <sighs> We've said it before. It's all just, it's all speculation. Until until something happens and they just start eliminating, like, if they go ahead and kill the entire Extraordinary X-Men team, then maybe I'll worry about it. But until then... I'm going to lose some sleep over it. Exactly. Enjoy the ride. Exactly. Um, the the one good thing, though, that I've seen is they released the second uh, variant cover for Uncanny X-Men, Magneto's new team, which shows a woman who we're assuming is Monet. Oh. And Archangel. Hmm. Yeah. I'd watch this, dude. Not the, uh, not the long-haired, feather-wing, memoryless angel. Not Genesis. What was, uh, was just, what did they, did he just go by Archangel after he got rebooted? No, it was just Angel. Just Angel? Just Angel. Angel. Um, yeah, because originally it was Sabretooth, Mystique, Magneto, Phantom X, and Psylocke. We're on the cover. And then they released a second set of art with... I don't think all of them were on their Phantom X, Psylocke, Magneto, you know, whoever's on there, and then Monet. And you can't really make him out, but the coloring is all classic Archangel. Before... Um, I think even before Uncanny X-Force. Oh, so the old blue and, like... Purplish, like, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Like, angry like angry blue smirk. Yes. Yeah, so that, that it looks like he's going to be on that team. So where he comes from, how that all happens, I'm actually quite excited about. Yeah, so there's some uh, some fun stuff coming up with uh, with that. And uh, next time around, when we have Oral and Brian, I'm sure they will uh, get more into depth about the uh, the comics that you guys all know and love. But that's I think the most that we have uh, at this table as a contribution to a, a comic section. And I hope I didn't screw up too many facts because. Uh, you know, Brian listened to the last recording and was like, yeah, you got a couple things wrong. And I'm like, it's bound to happen. It's bound to happen. I'm only, I'm only, uh, you know, about 60% geeky in comparison to his 120%. It's only 140 he makes up. You guys complete two whole geeks with, with the, uh, the split. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We yeah. just have to be around each other to, to really make it happen. Yeah, you're like the Wonder Twins that way. Exactly. Uh, and so, so one last thing, and uh, Oral isn't here... But I, I posted earlier on our page and uh, on our Facebook page and our Twitter saying that if anybody had any questions to let us know and we would bring them up on uh, on the air as we record. And um, we actually just uh, about 10 minutes ago got a, uh, a, a post from one of our listeners, uh, Joey Golduski, and he messaged us 
And uh, I'll read it straight from straight from the post. Uh, hey guys, if you haven't recorded yet, which we we haven't finished, so you got it in right in time. Ask Oral if he's single for me. Oral is not here, but I believe it's, I believe at the present moment he is not single. It's so weird to say that, because you know. Oh, he isn't. Oral is usually the uh, the single one of the group. That's his shtick. Uh, no, that's is, me. Is. Oh, well, now we have BJ for. No, well, if he if he's not completely taken, I believe he is uh, currently entertaining a gentleman suitor. It's complicated. Yes, yes. Um, but I wanted to make sure I, that came in right before we, we finished. So, and I and I. So you can you can put a, you can put oral on blast for the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and he's. Uh, I, I I know that he's been uh, he's been seeing a guy and he's been pretty happy about that. So, uh, so it's very nice. Normally we we get to to joke about oral's uh, horrible love life, but. You know, when he actually does oh. have some some good luck with it, it's always nice to bring that up as well. I hope he hasn't been visiting him at work, because every time I come to work, I'm a spectacle, and I do not do him any favors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. That's why we don't keep you around If often. that's the case, I, or if I embarrass you in front of a gentleman's suitor, I kind of apologize. Unless unless you don't like him, then in that case, I'll be even more obnoxious next time I see you. <laughs> that was the laziest apology I've ever heard. <laughs> That's how I do it. Yeah. Just sincere enough to make you think I might not do it again. Exactly. But I probably will. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for uh, for this this group cast recording of uh, of Flame On. Make sure you check us out online. We have uh, the new FlameOnShow.com website. Uh, we've got some pictures on there. We'll be adding some of our extra cast members' pictures up there soon. Uh, we've got some videos and uh, links to all of our episodes, and the most current ones scroll through in a lovely little slideshow right in the front. I, I worked very hard on, on this website. Uh, you did a good job. You did a very good job. I try. I try. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Flame On Show, on Twitter, Flame On Podcast. We're on the Tumblr, the Instagram. SoundCloud, anywhere that you basically can find podcasts, you can find us. If you go to flameonshow.com, you can scroll to the bottom. All of our social media icons are there. It's the easiest way to find us wherever you want to find us. So, uh, BJ, Jared, Jeff, thank you guys for joining me today. You're welcome, man. What, what? So that does it for us. Thank you guys for listening. And with that, flame off. Thanks for listening to Flame On, a podcast made possible by Powder Milk Biscuits, The Ones in the Blue Box, a comic shop, and the generous support of tops and bottoms like you. If you want to be one of our sugar daddies, you can help out by telling a cute single friend about us, reviewing us on iTunes, or putting some dollars down our digital G-string in our monthly support drive. For more ridiculously entertaining and socially enlightening episodes of Flame On, as well as other fine programs, head on over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to Flame On and all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via iTunes. And be sure to find us on Twitter at Flame On Podcast or Facebook on our Flame On fan page. And make sure to check out FlameOnShow.com for more nerdy, queer, 
in your ear. Does it feel dirty? Let's close the ninth skin and put it in the bath. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 